You're listening to Men of Abundance, episode 140 with Evan Money. Get ready to have an amazing relationship and sex with your wife. Welcome to Men of Abundance, the podcast for those looking to level up their lives by hanging out with some of the greatest leaders and established professionals in our community, living a life of integrity, honor, and the abundance mentality. Prepare to pay it forward with your host, former army medic turned lifestyle entrepreneur, Wally Carmichael. What's up, what's up, men of abundance? This is a bonus episode for you today because of the time frame and the time sensitivity of this conversation. You're going to hear more about that towards the end of the conversation, why I'm pushing this one forward so that you can get this conversation and get the information that Evan and I are going to talk about today. Now, this is a raw conversation. This is a lot of fun. We keep it clean. But as Evan will state several times is we go, well, he goes bone marrow deep in this conversation. You're going to get so much out of this. Evan is such a dynamic individual. How we got in contact is plain and simple divine intervention. And then after our conversation, he connected me with four other amazing people to have conversations with, not only for my show, not only for men of abundance, so that you can hear that conversation and hear their stories, but I'm also going to be on all of their shows as well. Now, I want to preface this a little bit more as well. Since this conversation, you're going to hear me talk about the fact that prior to our conversation, I had not watched Evan's documentary called Words of Art with Darren Hardy, Zig Ziglar, even featuring Jim Rohn and many other people. So immediately after our conversation, I sat down and watched Words of Art on Amazon Prime. Simply blown away. I laughed. I cried. I got excited. It was. I felt so pumped up after Evan and I's conversation, I felt even more pumped up after watching that documentary. And you are too. You're definitely going to want to go check that out right after this conversation. The other action step that I took right after our conversation was I downloaded the audio version of one of the books that Evan mentioned in our conversation. And that book is The Five Love Languages. Since then, I have listened to that book at least three times. And I've already ordered the book for my wife. And once you get into the book, if you've read the book, you know exactly why. And once you get into the book, you are definitely going to want to do the same thing. I got to tell you guys, this book was written for men and women. And I love the book because it's so easy for me to understand and implement and take the action steps. And I have already implemented some of the stuff in this book. It is absolutely so simple that... It seems like you should have already known it. And some of it I feel like I already have, but it just brings it all together. So for all of you men and women listening, go to menofabundance.com forward slash 140. And on the left hand side, you're going to see an audible image that says download your free audiobook. And if you're not already subscribed to Audible, you will get one free download. Download the five love languages. You're absolutely going to love it. Or if you want the hard copy, scroll down a little bit further and you will see the book there. Click on the Amazon logo with the book and order your book from right there. So who is Evan Money and what has he been up to and why am I having this conversation with him for you guys? Well, Evan Money is a best-selling author, speaker, global entrepreneur, and executive producer of the groundbreaking film Words of Art, starring Joel Olstein, Darren Hardy, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, and many more. Evan has been featured on and interviewed by The Wall Street Journal, Fast Company Magazine, Success Magazine, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and of course, yours truly, Wally Carmichael on The Men of Abundance Show. (laughs) And that's happening right now. He just released his new book, Money Talks, Negativity Walks, and it immediately shot up to the number one bestseller for the whole month of July. In his book, he shares inspiring messages to encourage entrepreneurs and success seekers to take action on their dreams. Evan is a co-founder of the Personal Growth Hall of Fame, where inductees include Les Brown, Susan Lecter, Dennis Waitley, and Bob Proctor. 
He is also head over heels in love with his bride for over 20 years, and they remarry in a different state or country every single year. You got to check out his website. He's got all of the wedding pictures on his website to prove every single wedding for the last 20 years in a different country or state. Evan believes the three pillars of true success are health, relationships, and finances. Men of Abundance, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Mr. Evan Money. Evan, welcome to Men of Abundance, brother. How are you doing? Wally, I'm doing absolutely tremendous. Man, we got Evan Money, even money, <laughs> Evan Money on the show with us today. And this is just an unbelievable individual. If you are, Since you already have heard me read the bio out, you know this guy's got a lot of stuff going on, man. Evan, I like to start the show out with one, where are you at today? Where am I at? Oh, we're yeah. in beautiful, sunny Southern California, but we're in a, a quiet side of Los Angeles that most people don't know about. It's probably very close to where you're at in Hawaii. Very peaceful, quiet, lots of nature, the water, no stoplights. It's a beautiful little uh, secluded alcove, and we like to keep it top secret, Wally. Wow, you just gave it away because that sounds like an oxymoron, man. <laughs> A quiet side of Los Angeles. I didn't know there was such a thing. I was in Los Angeles once many years ago. I used to um, work for a window factory, literally. I actually did that. Built windows, and, and then we would deliver them and sometimes install them. But we would deliver windows from Arizona out to into California. And I stayed one night in L.A., and it was way more hustle and bustle than I was used to. A lot of loud noises, and I did not leave my hotel room. <laughs> well, our, our our world's a little different. So I I will I, there is some hustle and bustle, but I got the owls hooting, and then you can hear the seals barking from the water, and so you get a, a we get a lot of nature. We get some hawks and birds and peacocks, and so we're in a really Dude, yeah, it's, it's an amazing, amazing. place. And, yeah, it's, and again, you, you know, take a fifteen minute wow. drive, and you're on the freeway. So it, that's it's a, a hidden it's a secret, man. I love yes. it absolutely. Yes. Love it. Dude, so, I mean, I know you've got a lot to be grateful for today, but I like to ask the question anyway, and that is, what are you grateful for today, Evan? Well, I'm the most grateful for the incredible sex life that my bride and I have 20 plus years have. So it, life is tremendous, and it keeps getting better and better and better. So life is good. That has got to be one of the most honest ans answers. No, everybody was honest, but that was a, definitely a different answer than anybody else has ever given, and I love it. Good for you, man. Woohoo! Outstanding. So, how would you describe yourself? Yeah, that's that's actually a really really good question. So we'll we'll give it the like we talked about the the classic, you know, the I'll give you the soundbite answer, and then we'll add a little volume to it so people can understand. But at at the core, I'm really just an ADD visionary, Wally, and it took me so long, probably. 40-ish years to finally understand and be okay with that and, and understand that I really am, you know, it's okay to be divergent. It's okay to be uh, a misfit entrepreneur, so to speak. And I remember the first inkling I had to that is reading some of Richard Branson's books. And I literally wept reading one of his books because I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one like this. And wow, this guy's like me, but to you know the next level. I mean, I, I only have a few companies. He's got like 350 some companies. So uh, really, just a an, an ADD visionary at heart. And I like most people listening, most of the guys and gals. I come from a normal, dysfunctional family, Wally, mm -hmm. and you know, raised by a single mom. And I found myself starving for male mentorship, but I really had no idea how to express it. And so, you know, early on, you know, seventh and eighth grade kind of went down a real dark path sexually, which led to, you know, of course, being depressed. And then the classic, you know, you got hormones and all this stuff going on and kind of in a suicidal uh, moment. Uh, but I wore a really good mask. And I think a lot of the listeners to the show can relate with that. Um, we all kind of have a really good mask that we can put on. So nobody knows, you know, really what's going on. And, mm -hmm. you know. Going back to the ADD visionary, I mean, I survived, Wally. I survived 12 years of being incarcerated by the Los Angeles County school system and finally got myself out of it. I'm like, okay, I'm done with school. And I ran off to, which you may relate with, uh, I joined Surf Bum University, which is basically <laughs> I spent 
four years surfing and working whenever I could fit it in. Um, and, you know, things finally kind of turned for me when I got exposed to my first mentor. And he, he kind of, there's this one question that I still, still I share today and it's still something I'm, I'm digesting and chewing on. And, you know, he talked about, hey, it's not, you know, it's not what you get that makes you valuable. It's what you become that makes you valuable. And I didn't like who I was becoming and what I was doing. And he kind of gave me this permission to change. And that's when I first had this inkling of, gosh, you know, maybe it, it you know, this ADD. I didn't know what to call it back then, but I was just an ADD visionary. There's so many cool things I wanted to do. And the world's telling me, oh, you got to pick one. You can only do this. And that's all you can do. And I was like, well, why can't I do more than one? And so since that day, you know, that first mentor gave me permission to change by the name of Jim Rowan. I started, you know, slowly embarking. Okay, well, let's try this and let's try this. And what about this? And let's do this. And so, again, at the core, just an ADD visionary who loves life and wants to live life to the full. I dig it, man. And, you, and you, I was going to ask you who was that, that mentor. And I, uh, on the top of my head, I was like, it sounds like Jim Rohn. That's, that's the <laughs> man that go. would say something like, don't strive to be a millionaire for the money. Strive to be a millionaire be- for who you have to become along the way. Oh, and that absolutely. makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Yeah. One of my other favorites that you just well, reminded me of, he said, the worst thing, the worst thing you can do to someone, worst thing you can do to someone is if, if give someone who's not a millionaire a million dollars. Mm. That's the worst thing you can do to somebody. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he's so right. It was like, yeah. wow. Yeah, absolutely. You see it all the time with lottery winners and whatnot. Now, you, these guys just go batshit crazy, man. They lose their mind. Uh, when you give, when they get that much money and they haven't earned it, and they, they mm-hmm. don't know what to do with it, and they keep, they mm-hmm. do what they did when they were had the poor mentality. Yeah, uh, and I say yeah. poor mentality. Not all of them are actually poor, but they have a poor mentality, and they just completely blow it. No, absolutely. So it's the whole it's the whole mindset, and you see it, you know, relationships and everything else. You know, the classic. Everyone's got comparitis, and you know, the grass is greener on the other side, and they go, well, you know, if I was married to that person, mm. you know, and it's like, well, no, because based on your mindset, just like the lottery winners, you know, you'd be, di- you'd be divorced just like you are now. You know, you gotta, the mindset has to change before anything else could change. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact is, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, but here's the problem with that equation. When you go on the other side, the one thing you bring with you is you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I, I, I was like... Grass is greener where you water it. So if you go to that other grass, you know, you bring you with you and it's going to turn brown just like the grass. Exactly. Right exactly. Now. It's not the grass, man. It's not the wall. It's not the fence. It's you. Yep. So until you fix your own grass, you know, in your head, fix yep. your own head and your own mindset, it's not going to be right. Yep. I want to explore this, this, um, your, your, uh, what did you call it? Your ADD? ADD visionary. ADD visionary. So, you know, and and, uh, you struck a chord with me because you said that, you know, well, why can't I do all of these things and all of these things at once? And I'm I'm telling guys, you know, I I subscribe to the the one thing, you know, with Gary Keller and and Jay Pepizan and stuff like that. But I only do that to the point to where, and also the, you know, the acronym focus, follow one course until success, because I want guys to, to get great at something before they move on to something else. Otherwise, they dilute themselves too much and they just don't, they don't get ahead. They're like on several treadmills and they're not really moving anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit more about that and how that works for you and what you would say for the guys that are just trying to do so many damn things at once and really getting nowhere. How have you made that happen? Yeah, the best, the best I have for you, Wally, is kind of this, and I've thought about how to, you know, how do I put this in a way where somebody can grab it you know, short and sweet. And it really hit me when we took our kids to the Philharmonic, uh, the orchestra, mm-hmm. and they were pretty young. And so it was like, we went already planning, like, okay, let, let's see if we can just make it to intermission. You know, that was, <laughs> that was the plan. All right, we can make the intermission. We're good. And they had a few Disney songs. So we went to the super duper, amazingly acoustic. And it's been in Hollywood and all these movies. Everyone's kind of seen the outside of the, the Disney Philharmonic, this amazing building where they perform. But inside, it is spectacular. So we go in, and this is my first symphony experience. Well, I'm not cultured like you, so um, I'm kind of sitting there taking and we're, we had really good seats, and I mean, every seat's a good seat, but we're just sitting there, and I started counting the orchestra, Wally, and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of violinists. 
And for those orchestra people that are listening, I apologize as I butcher the vernacular here, but I'm like, gosh, there's a, a lot of people playing the violin. And hey, look, there's only one cymbal dude. And there's only one of these big horns. There's only like one tuba guy. And so I start doing the, just writing stuff down and making mental notes. And it's like, wow, you know what? There, There's this, this supposed symphony. There's really no balance whatsoever. And it really helped me dial in the fact that there, there's no such thing as balance, Wally. And everyone's trying to sell this balance, work-life balance, and this balance, and that balance. And, you know, how do I get a marriage balance and a child-raising balance? And you have to throw balance out the window because balance doesn't exist. And it hit me in this symphony because you have all this unbalance, right? So first of all, you have the unbalance in the number of instruments. You have the unbalance in how the instruments sound, right? So you got these highs, you got these lows, you got this cymbal thing. And on a side note, if you're a cymbal player at a symphony, I mean, that's the best gig in the world, right? You know, every five minutes, you just clang it and sit down and you're good. Uh, but with that, I start looking at the symphony, but there's no balance, but yet there's harmony. And so I'm not a musician, but I realize it's like, wow, when all these guys are in harmony with each other and they're all playing the same notes and everybody's on the same page, you get some amazing music. And I think too often what people try to do in this world is we try to copy everybody else's music and think, oh, I got to do it like this guy. Oh, I got to do it like that guy. I got to follow his music. And the reality is we get to be the composer, which is writing the music, and the conductor, which is directing the band, all at the same time. And so there may be a few notes in your life, Wally, that I just love. And I go, oh, yeah, I love those sequences. Let me write that down. And so we all get our own music. And so it's about writing music that works for you. So when I look at Richard Branson, I mean, the guy owns over 350 companies. That's like, whoa, that, that's way yeah, too much for me. So I'm like, you know, I'm good with like three or four. You know, that, that's where I'm at. And so it's about creating harmony in your life instead of balance. So people would look at my life and they go, okay, let me look at this guy. Okay, he owns all these businesses. He's homeschooling his kids. He's got a home office. You know, he's home all the time. He's chasing his wife around 24-7. I mean, you know, uh, that's just I couldn't handle that life, you know, and it's like, OK, that's not that's not harmony for you. Your harmony may be, hey, I want to go to an office or, hey, I want to do this or, hey, I want to do that. So it's not trying to compare and copy. It's about saying, hey, let me write music that works for me. So for you, Wally, it's like, hey, I want to live in the mountains in Oahu. You know, that's part of your music. That's part of your harmony. And so it's everybody figuring out which notes work, which notes don't work. But to your question directly, you know, there's a lot of people spinning a lot of plates and getting nowhere. And that just comes down to, I think, focused attention and really taking action. And part of that is belief, too, because it, it's easy to pretend you're busy and not doing anything. But when you really get down to it, it's taking that pen to a piece of paper, dialing those notes and then playing that music and watching the harmony take place. So I hope, hope that's what you're asking for. No, yeah, that really lays it down, and you're absolutely correct. There are a lot of people that are pretending to be busy that really are not busy at all, uh, and they just need some focus. I, I personally believe I'm a big uh, proponent of coaches and mentors and having somebody there on the sidelines looking at you and seeing what you're doing and kind of calling you on your BS and saying, hey, look, you're, you're saying you're busy, but you're really not, yep. uh, or you're busy doing the wrong things, quite frankly. Yeah, go back to Jim Rohn, the classic, you know, quintessential Jim Rohn, is, you know, he says, you got to sometimes just count the numbers. And he's like, at the end of the week, you know, you want to put in a box, like how many calls did I make? Or how many proposals did I send? Or how many artwork drawings did I do? Right. And he mm -hmm. says, in, in the box, there's no room for a story. It's just a number. <laughs> and so that's how you can get out from fooling yourself of, you know, well, how come you do well, you know, the dog and my mom and the kid. It's like no stories. Just did you do it or not? And so I'm right there with you. Sometimes you need somebody to say, hey, what's the number in the box? I don't want a story. I want a number and let's get to work. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. So, I mean, goodness, man. I mean, looking at what you're, you're doing and what you've got going on and all of the guys that you've been influenced with and, and talking to and you have conversations with these guys on a regular basis. Now, you're the producer of Words of Art. Correct. I have not seen that. And I have <gasps> not even, I, I know it's terrible. I'm just a bad You call bad yourself person. a Jim Rohn fan. Oh I'm my a gosh. bad, bad person, man. But until I, and, and honestly, when I first got introduced to you, when you first popped up on my, on my calendar, and 
I started looking at what you're doing. And then, honestly, I'm going to use the term. I just got so, you know, caught up in things. I didn't get a chance to really look into that. And what is that? What What are we talking about here? So words of art came from just like you, huge. I mean, Jim Rome was my very first mentor way back in the day via cassette tape. A lot of you guys can remember. Some oh, of us yeah. can remember I those. I that tape out and uh, Brian Tracy. There Brian you Tracy go. was my first who introduced me to Jim Rohn and then Zig Ziglar. There you go. Okay, so mine mine was Zig and then Dennis Waitley. Or I'm, I'm sorry, mine was Jim, then Dennis Waitley, then Zig. But my first encounter cassette tape wally because i wasn't as successful as you so i had to to go down and dirty uh, but what i ended up realizing was that hey all these great mentors all these people that shaped our lives are slowly dying off and there isn't anything to pay tribute to them so i went on a journey to make a documentary and uh, again true to the add nature i'm in my little movie um you know movie room watching a documentary that I was really excited about. And at the end of the documentary, it just hit me, Wally. I was like, it can't be that hard. I mean, how hard? I mean, the guy just went around and interviewed all his friends and made a a, a cool documentary. And I was like, it can't be that hard. How hard can it be? And so Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I'm going to. And so I was taking a shower in what I call it's in ha- in uh, Hawaii, this may make more sense, but to all the, the listeners around the world, uh, every one of you listening to this podcast, you have a $20 million shower. And I'll explain that. So I'm sitting in my $20 million shower, and I got a great idea. Now, most people listening, you get a great idea in the shower, and it stays there. And lo and behold, six months, a year later, someone comes takes action on that idea, and you're like, hey, I thought of that. How come I never did anything? So we all have $20 million worth of ideas sitting in our shower. So for me to get the ideas out of the shower, I have a, a waterproof notepad. And, you know, you being Hawaii and lots of diving, you've probably seen those. And so mm-hmm. I, I invested a whole $15. I have a waterproof notebook in my shower. So when I get a great idea, I can write it down in the shower. And so I, God gave me this great download, words of art. So I was like, okay, I've got a title. I've got kind of an idea of what I want to do. And I just need to find somebody to help me make this. And lo and behold, Wally, I'm at a seminar seeking to grow. And I'm out in the, the booth area, like talking to the, the sponsors. It was, it was pretty sporadic. But I kind of saw this one dude who's like, looked like he was taking his booth down. And I just started talking with him. And I'm like, well, who are you? What are you doing here? He didn't have the cool banner, you know, the cool booth. He was just kind of like, I almost kind of felt sorry for him. And I started talking with him. Lo and behold, he goes, oh, yeah, I'm a documentary filmmaker. <laughs> I, said, I said, you don't say. And I go, well, tell me, what are your last projects? He goes, yeah, the last one we did, we worked with uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul guys, and we did Les Brown, and all these, started naming all these personal growth guys. I'm like, here's a documentary filmmaker that's worked with personal growth guys. And so I'm like, I got a documentary for you. And you'll love this, Wally, because this pays everything to dial in what we're talking about. So uh, I, I, you know, I regurgitate all over my idea for my film. And he goes, hey, it sounds great. And he gives me his business card. And I'm like, oh, great. I said, you know, I'll, I'll call you. It was like Saturday. I'm like, I'll call you Monday. So sure enough, Monday morning, I call him up. Hey, Joe, you know, I met you at the show. Remember we were talking about the you know, my documentary, Words of Our Data? And this is what he said while he sent you. And he goes, I can't believe you called me. And I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you know how many people come up to me and tell me, oh, I want to make a movie. I want to do this. And they never call me. He goes, I can't believe you called me. I'm like, dude, I'm in. Let's go. So yeah. I wired him the money. And off we went, and then, okay, who, who's, what people do we want in this documentary? I'm like, well, I want Joel Steen, and I want, you know, Zig Ziglar, and, you know, I, I want to do a tribute to Jim Rohn, and I want to do Dennis Waitley, and I start naming all these names, and I'm like, he's like, okay, well, do you have any of their numbers? I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> he's like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and he's like, well, you let me know how that goes. <laughs> so I, uh, my first call, actually, the first yes I got was none other than Zig Ziglar. So Zig was really? the, they were the first ones to say yes. And then my, my second yes was Joel Olstein. And so everyone wanted to know after we got Joel dialed in, how'd you get Joel? How'd you get Joel? How'd you get Joel? Mm-hmm. And so I call, I literally, Wally, I dialed 1-800-JOEL. And that's where I started. Are you serious? I, I went to the gatekeepers, 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 gatekeeper to finally get to somebody, to finally share my vision and my dream of what I wanted to do. And they were like, okay, come on down. <laughs> and wow. So that's, that's how it began. So if anybody listening ever wants to be any, has 
speaking, has any uh, love for personal growth, Words of Art is the film for you because we look at the word, spoken word as an art form. And the best part, Wally, is anyone listening that has Amazon Prime, for all the Amazon Prime members out there, uh, we have a distribution deal, so the movie's included free if you're an Amazon Prime member. So you can just go to Amazon Prime, type in Words of Art, and you can watch it for free! Which I am, and I'll be watching right after our conversation. Well, I guess we to do, but I'm definitely going to be doing that, brother. So, you know, you're absolutely correct, and I've been b- very bold in getting guys on my show as well, and I've contacted some very, very big names, and some of them, they did contact me back and said, look, the time's not right right now, um, but I love what you got going on, blah, blah, blah. And then I just get back with them later on. And, I, you know, people like, you know, um, Jay Papazan, the co-author of The One Thing with Gary Keller, I just hit him up on Twitter. Mm. I was like, hey, dude, dig what you got going on. I read your book like five times and uh, <laughs> love to have a conversation. He's like, done. Let's set it up. Send me your calendar link. I was like, well, that was pretty damn easy. <laughs> like, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not that difficult, guys. If you really want something, you go after it. And um, Words of Art is definitely going to um, – drive that home and you've also got darren hardy on there oh yeah uh, and you've got some other stuff that you're working on i mean you're also co-founder of personal growth hall of fame where you've got my favorite just the ultimate guy that i have had at the top of my list to talk to for since the beginning is les brown because he's got the got to be one of the most contagious laughs i have ever heard <laughs> uh, I, I just huge smile on my face when i just see that guy um, Susan Lecter, Dennis Waitley, Bob Proctor, some amazing names that you got out here that you're, that you're working with or, and lifting up, which I really dig and learning so much from. So how did that come about the personal growth hall of fame? No, great, great question. I want to go back to something you mentioned, you know, when you talked, uh, the one thing which I've, I have read as well. Um, there's a lot of people listening and go, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go hit up whatever and da, da, da. But the, the key is, I think the reason that you and I have both seen success in, in, in those quote unquote cold calls is that it, it's a two way street. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't call Joel and say, Hey Joel, this is what I want you to do for me. Right. I called Joel and expressed that, Hey, I want to expose you to a new market. I want to get you out there and, 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 and elevate you. So, hey, of course it's going to help if you're in my film, but it's a two-way street. It's like your, uh, like your podcast. Hey, I'm, I'm getting your name out there. You're going to sell more books. You're going to do this. So it, right. it's, it's a two-way. Not I see people all the time, well, I tried to get all those people. No one called me. And it was like, mm-hmm. well, your mindset is, hey, you're going to help me get rich. You know, that's, what, that's kind of their mindset going in. So if you go in there of a, of a servant and of saying, hey, ex- sides of the street, I mean, they get hit up all the time. But if you come in with value first, hey, this is how I'm adding value to you. Man, people get it. And I, I get it the same way. I get pitched all the time on certain things. And I tell kind of the attitude. And the people that are like, hey, thinking I'm a lottery ticket, I don't want to talk to. But the other people, I do want to work with. So I want to touch base on that. And it's the same with the Personal Growth Hall of Fame. We were, you know, in my studio, I'm a big football guy. And I'm watching, watching the NFL as they've really ramped up this whole NFL Hall of Fame thing. They've mm-hmm. really upped the game, really kind of, you know, pushed the envelope, made it this amazingly big deal. And if you look at other Hall of Fames, you know, they kind of pale in comparison to what the NFL has done. And I'm just sitting there thinking, well, you know, I'm like, just like with words of art, I was like, man, there's no Hall of Fame for all these life-changing speakers. I mean, we could have, you know, we could get 10 million people in a room and talk about how Zig Ziglar, you know, one of his talks, anything has, has changed our lives. And I'm like, there's, there's no way to honor these guys. So, Greg Reed, who's an amazing, spectacular friend of mine, co-author, he did, he's done some amazing books. He did um, uh, Three Feet from Gold. That's one of his big ones. Co-authored with Sharon Lecter and kind of the whole Napoleon Hill franchise. And um, he's got his whole Secret Knock seminar series that he does and just a super cool guy. And we sat down and we're like, yeah, we need to start honoring these guys. And he's like, well, heck, I know this guy and I know this guy. And yeah, Les is speaking next week over here. Let's make this happen. And so we really kind of, took action and we're like, Hey, you know, there's no guarantee, you know, uh, you know, Bob Proctor, Bob's in his eighties. He plans to live to a hundred, but you know, you never know. So we're like, we got to honor these guys right now. Let's yeah. make this happen. So, uh, we kind of both took action on it and just figured out a way to really honor these folks and say, Hey, you know, if for goodness sake, football, like these are football, players. you know, I get it. It's just, it's just, it's just sports. But you look at these personal growth guys that are changing millions of lives Shouldn't they be honored in the same way? And that's what we wanted to do. 
Yeah, wonderful thing. Absolutely wonderful thing because, you know, we've got guys out there that, that we have lost, Jim Rohn and Zig Ziglar and all these other guys just have such huge influences on all of us for sure. Uh, certainly has for me. Before we go on any further, one of the things that I really like to have the conversation about on the show is that kick in the gut moment because mm-hmm. here you are spending this beautiful, amazing life that you have and all of these amazing people that you're in contact with, you chasing your wife around all the time. It's just an unbelievable life. And absolutely nothing goes wrong in your life because <laughs> you're Evan Money. <laughs> so my point is, is I, I, from that laugh, we know that that is absolutely not true. We all have kick in the gut moments that take us to our, to our knees. And sometimes that kick in the gut is a little bit lower than the gut. Um, you know, right up between the legs where we just feel it every single inch of it and every fiber of our body. I'd like for you to share one of those kick in the gut moments and then tell us how you kind of pulled yourself out of that and what you did with it. Yeah, no, I, that's, that's kind of where I fell in love with your show. Uh, you know, cause that is such a great question and just you prefaced it. So I'm going to share one that was lower than the gut and, mm. and we'll, we'll go, I'll, I'll try to keep it PG 13, but we may, may step into the, the R rated. So I, it, it's really, it's been an interesting journey for me. So the, my kick in the gut moment or lower was, was when I was forced to deal with a lot of the skeletons in my closet from my past that I was good at locking away and keeping under wraps. And it was, it really went back to a lot of my sexual dysfunction in my uh, early, you know, early teens, late teens, early twenties. And so I've, you know, you said, I, I have multiple kick in the whatever moments, but we'll, we'll just share this one here. So uh, I was really smart. So when my bride and I first started courting, I was like, hey, look, you know, you've had past experiences with other men. I've had past experience with other women and all kinds of other stuff. And uh, you know what? Let's just, you know, leave that there and move forward with just us. You know, we don't, we, we don't need to revisit the past. We don't need to go into that. Let's just, so I kind of set the stage to kind of keep my skeletons away. And so- uh, what I'm going to share is really interesting because, you know, you talked about you have a pretty good percentage of women listeners, and I've discovered that this is one secret that women keep because most – what guys don't understand is when women talk, they talk, and in the first five minutes, women know where each other – where women stand. Mm-hmm. They know how good their marriage is. They know how – you know, where their finances are. They know everything about each other in five minutes, where most men take 20 years, if at all, to get to that point. But there's one thing that women don't share, which I've discovered. And it was the same skeleton I had. So my son is about five years old. And in my house, I am the famous rapper because I can just riff off all the old 80s original rap that I grew up with. And the kids don't know where it came from. So they just think, wow, dad's this cool rapper. Um, And so I did this kind of special Run DMC-ish kind of rap for my son about he's my one and only my only son. And so I'm rapping this to my son. And uh, my son looks at me like only a five-year-old can do, Wally, and he's like, Daddy, am I your only son? And I had this matrix moment like, and I flash back thinking about when I killed my first child out of pure inconvenience. You know, had a long-term girlfriend, she got pregnant, and like any responsible male, off to the abortion clinic we go, we can't have that. Um, we got to kill this baby right away because it's inconvenient for me. And so I'm I'm having this flashback like full on, you know, just like in these movies, you know, where the flashback just like, you know, and I'm just like in this daze and my son's like, daddy, daddy. And I'm like, uh, I had to go to the bathroom. And so, you know, splash water on my face. And it was like this skeleton that I kept locked away for so long while he like all of a sudden broke containment, like full containment breach. And I was like, where the heck did that come from? And I was like, man, I've, I've got to come clean. And so I remember that was that kick in the gut moment of, oh, my gosh, I need, to, I need to deal with this. So I remember sitting down finally with my bride and letting her know, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, I killed my firstborn child purely. And then that led to admitting my sexual dysfunction in my early, you know, in those, uh, you know, middle school moments where I started, you know, just got exposed to porn, went down this super dark road, started experimenting with animals. I mean, it was just dark and nasty and terrible. And so confessing these things to my bride of over like, you know, 15 years, uh, after we've been married 15 years, sharing this thing with her and just really going in the closet, 
which we all have, Wally. We all have this. Uh, one of my uh, other mentors from our shopping group, he, he coined the phrase. We call it the crap cup. We all have this, this crap cup in our life. And we're told by society we need to hide it. We need to put it away. It's shameful. Don't anybody let see your cup of crap. Nope, nope. Got to hide it. Got to cloak it. Got to do whatever. What's in there? Oh, no, there's nothing. And so finally it was like, you got to just, this is my cup of crap and here it is. And you can just literally pour it out on the floor and just go, here it is. And then you don't have to hide the cup anymore. And so I literally sat down with my bride and took the crap cup, poured it all out on the floor and said, there it is. And threw the cup away. And it was such, again, it was a kick in the gut moment, kick in the you know where moment. But then finally it was like, hey, I can finally get rid of this crap cup. And then I started sharing it publicly, and it was just like, oh, it's just this such freeing moment. And as I talk to more and more people and I speak about it, people come up to me, and again, especially women, you'll be surprised while you get some comments. There's going to be women that are that will have never, you know, they're they've been there 20 years and won't that they've had an abortion. This dark, dark secret that the shame and they're not allowed to talk about, and you know, shame and guilt only win when it's hidden. You know, the, the, it only wins when you hide it. But when you bring it out in the light, everything's healed. And so I just encourage all of your listeners, Wally, man, get your crap cup out and just pour it out and say, I'm done with this thing. You know, I'm done. We, we don't need to carry this around anymore. And so I love liberating people with that. So my, my kick in the gut moment was actually a great moment because it finally led me to get the crap cup out, pour it out, throw it away and be like, all right, let's move on. And wouldn't you know, Wally, wouldn't you know, my sex life with my bride, and we were at a high level, the next level that I don't think anyone even knows exists. I mean, we're breaking new ground. We're talking new stratospheric levels of pleasure, of ecstasy. I mean, our sex life skyrocketed after that because it led us to the next level intimacy. It was so incredible. And I was like, man, if I knew the sex was this good, I would have, you know, I would have told her off, uh, you know, sooner. Yeah. You know, there's a huge lesson in, in all of that. And thanks for sharing that. And there's a huge lesson in, in revealing your crap cup. And that is, like you, you said it perfectly, women, they just know right away. And now I do know women that have kept stuff to themselves. I was in my past life um, an equal opportunity advisor and a sexual assault coordinator. Mm. And women have revealed to me that they were sexually molested in their you know late teens, early 20s. And held on to that into their 40s and even 50s. Mm. Some mm. have never revealed it. And mm. for many of the reasons that you just said. And there's guys in that category too. There's more guys yeah. that haven't revealed that than there are women, oh, quite yeah. frankly. Oh, yeah. Um, many more. And, and, and many other things that men hold on to that they never have a conversation with anybody about. Not a therapist, not, a, not, not their pastor, priest. And they just hold on to this type of stuff. And it really, they don't realize, it's one of those things you don't realize just how how, how much it's holding you back as, as a man, as a person, until you let it out. Oh, until yeah. Until you do that. Like you just said, it was an per- excellent message. I'm glad that you shared that. So, goodness. <laughs> That was pretty deep, man. That's what it's that well, that's what it's all about. Well, I mean, with, if you don't go deep with guys, you know, if you don't go bone marrow deep, you just stay at the surface the whole time. And just listen to your podcast and listen to some stuff you talked about. I'm like, all right, I can bring it with Wall. I can go deep with Wall. And I think that's what the real value is. And so I just encourage guys, man, if you're not going to go, I mean, life's too short to have these surface conversations and talk about fantasy football and sports and the weather and da 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 da. It's like, man, life is, when you start going deep, that's when you start living. And, you know, you, you start looking at, wow, the grass is greener over here. Well, I'll tell you where the grass is greener. The grass is greener where you go deep. And when you start really dialing in, that's where the real life is. But if you just play at the surface and just want to play safe and do all that's not living, man. That's that's no thanks. I dig it, man. I really, really dig it. So you've got this new book. How new is this book? Money Talks, ne- Negativity Walks. Love that title. One, because you're the one talking. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, got, you got the play on words. Hell yes, yeah, bro. You got it. You yeah, got it. too easy. And uh, that's absolutely amazing. So let's talk a little bit about that. What's what we go, What's going on there? No, we, I, I greatly do. And I, I learned from my hair mentor, Malcolm Gladwell. There's a fun picture on my website of, of him and I together. And if you know what Malcolm Gladwell looks like, you, you understand with the hair side. <laughs> so, um, but I, I heard Malcolm Gladwell speak and he, uh, a couple of times and he's kind of talks about his books and he goes, oh yes, by the way, please triplicate. Like, oh, that's how he gets on the New York Times bestseller list. It's like, got it. So I would just encourage everyone. I'm going to take a, a page out of that. Is so money talks, negativity walks. Please buy and triplicate. 
And but this book, I was blessed. I, I timed it right. I I had the book come out released on our anniversary this year, and it stayed number one on multiple Amazon cate- uh, categories for the whole month of July. So I was really excited about that, and super blessed. But book for people that are too busy to read. So it's super short chapters. It's big print. It's easily digestible. But yet it's it's deep at the same time, and so it's something you you can just pick up, read a couple pages, and be like, mm, let me let me chew on that throughout the day. But it but again, it's easily digestible and something that you can really take action on. And I'll I'll tell you why. One of the reviews, uh, a friend of mine, uh, I got this crazy email. Now this guy is a retired educator. He is Mister Pessimism. He is not the target market for the book. And he sent this email, and he was like, Wow, I've read your book three times. He goes, this is so incredible. He goes, I'm, you know, I'm normally this pessimistic, negative person, and this book just really helps me. He's like, I'm so encouraged by this. And I was like, wow, you know, my non-target market loves the book. Imagine if the people that I'm really trying to target read it. So, again, if you're looking to be encouraged, if you're looking to grow, if you're looking to really overcome some of your biggest challenges, this is the book for you. Yeah, and one of the words that you used that I really like, you got action steps in there. Because there's there's more than enough books out there that you know tell us you know where we should be and what we should be doing and all this other kind of stuff. But um, to take action is what most of the guys really need to do. Oh yeah, this this is an action. Every, everything in it, the whole theme is to get people to that. Because if you really think about it, well, if you really want to boil it all down, you look at the the guys and gals that are listening to this show and they're going, gosh, you know, I have these goals, I have these dreams, I have these you know places, these things I want to do. The only thing that's preventing you from doing that, there's only one thing, the one thing, right? Let's talk, Kevin. There's only one thing preventing you from doing that, and that's taking action. That's it. Mm-hmm. So the second you start taking action, that's when things happen. So this whole book is geared around take that action step because once you take action, that's when everything changes. All day long, all day long. So, brother, we're at the point where we're going to pay it forward to our abundant leaders. You ready to do that? Absolutely. Excellent. Share one to three actionable steps that men of abundance can take today. Wow. Okay. Let's go pure action steps. So I want to challenge. Uh, well, let me give the first one. So I, 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 again, grab a dry erase pen. So I, I challenge all the men. And for the, the gals listening, there's a pressing need for you to do this. So grab a dry erase pen. Write this on your mirror in your bathroom, in your $10 million bathroom or $20 million bathroom. Right. What's the one thing I can do today to bring me closer to my dream? Question mark. And if you look at that question and you answer that question, not 100 things, not 10 things, not five, well, one thing. What's the one thing I can do today to bring me closer to my dream? And you actually answer that question and go, gosh, I could send a text to so-and-so. Hey, I could reach out on LinkedIn to this person. Hey, I could reach out on Twitter to this. And you do that. And you do that every day. At the end of the year, that's 365 action steps, and your life will totally transform. So that's action step number one. Mm. Action step number two is I challenge every man listening, women, again, there's a huge need for you guys to do this, is to go get your crap cup and let's bring it out. Write the letter, talk to the person, face-to-face if you can. You know, some people may need to pour their crap cup about stuff that's happened to someone that's already that's no longer here. And you can write that letter, you can put on that person's gravestone, but get the crap cup out and be done with it and watch your life transform. And then the third action step, which is really the most value I can give people listening, is I really again, if this resonates with your soul, this is for you. I'm looking for entrepreneurs that want to race Porsches, swim with the dolphins leave with an actual action plan step-by-step to double their business and to grow personally like never before, come join us at growthriverevive.com. So you can log on to that website. That's an event we're doing at the end of February 2018. And if that, again, strikes a chord with you, resonates your soul, get your dog ears perked, come check it out. That is a huge action step and that's something will transform your life. We've got a few spots left and would love some of the people at that the level, your level, Wally, the the again, the people that are listening at, at the cut above, they're listening to this podcast. Those are the kind of people we want at that event. So there's three action steps that will transform your life 100 percent guaranteed or your old life back. Excellent. We'll have that uh, link linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. Now, where's that going to be located at? 
That is going to be located at the alcove that I've alluded to, the part, the secret part of Los Angeles. So, mm. yes. Go see indeed. it firsthand, guys. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Excellent. So what daily habits make the biggest impact in your life, Evan? Mm, that's the key, Wally. It's, you know, it's the daily stuff. It really is. And so for me, uh, you know, I'll go back to what you said on an earlier podcast, um, you know, the, the biggest daily thing for me is filling my bride's love tank. And I think many people listening to the show are familiar with the five love languages. And you want to talk about a book, Wally. That book has been on the, the New York Times bestseller list for 20 years plus. It's been on the top of the New York Times bestseller list. 20 years. Wow. 20. And so filling my bride's love tank is that has made the biggest impact because it pays forward. When her love tank's full, hey, things are exciting in the bedroom, let me tell you. And it's a daily thing. It's a daily, daily deal. And again, going back to that one podcast you said where I, I got my man crush on you, Wally. You were talking about guys that, you know, hey, if you're not happy with your marriage, look in the mirror. I mean, the simple truth is you're 100% responsible for the way your wife, your spouse is acting. You know, and if, if they had a full love tank, they'd be acting completely different. And it's up to you to fill that tank. And so when you were talking, when you were laying it on the guys to take responsibility, I was like, yeah, well, yeah, give it to them, give it to them. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the biggest impact because, again, when you have a happy spouse, you know, life is tremendous. So every day, fill in my bride's love tank. Man, I appreciate you saying that uh, both about my show and, and just mentioning that. What was what does give us an example of that? What does that look like? Well, from well, here uh, we'll go. Yeah, we'll go bone marrow deep here. So, with my bride, in in her mind, just the way she works, you know, she has a personality where, you know, she's the organized one. She likes everything in their place, and things have to be put together. So, for us to have mind blowing sex in the bedroom, she needs the dishes done. You know, I, we can't just throw something on. You know, throw a little thing on top of them or whatever. The, for her, for her to release that and go to that special place. You know, the dishes need to be done. Now, for me, Wally, I hate the dishes. That is the least thing I would ever want to do is dishes. You know, it's, I mean, I've, I've tried to sell her on, hey, let me do these other things for you. But the dishes is it. So I've grown to have a love affair with the dishes because I know each dish that I wash is one more minute of pleasure in the bedroom. And so dishes are huge. And then it's also understanding you know, the little dialects of what speaks love to my bride. And of course, there are the, all the things that I would rather not do, but I choose to do them anyway because of the massive benefits I get. So it's as simple as doing the dishes. It's as simple as, hey, I'll go walk the dog or, hey, you know, some of the other things that really fill her love tank. I do them and I reap all the benefits now. And we've had some great conversations. It's like, well, you know, I really think the kids need to take more responsibility and they could be emptying the dishwasher. And I'm like, well, if they empty the dishwasher, then I'm not filling your love tank and I don't get the benefits in the bedroom. So I'm like <laughs> pushing the kids out of the way to serve my bride. So there's some down and dirty, you know, how I fill my bride's love tank. But it's, it's understanding all you listeners, hey, I'm going to go do the dishes. Well, that, that, that may not be it for your bride. You got to figure out what it is and do it. Yeah. So it's not rocket science. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that, right? It's the, it's the simple things. I mean, back to Jim Rohn, right? Remember the classic? I wrote a cancer prevention book, and the whole thing was built around Jim's, you know, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. But that's true. And then when you think about it, okay, if I ate an apple a day at the end of the year, that's 365 apples in my body. So let's compare that to 365 donuts, you know, do my body better, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just a daily thing. You know, it's not, oh, I got to do this for a month straight. It's, hey, just a daily deal. And then once it becomes a habit, right? Becomes a habit. I get in the habit of filling my bride's love tank and my bride and I are in the habit of having mind-blowing sex multiple times a week, sometimes multiple times a day. Uh, things are exciting, but you know, you build that habit and that's when it gets magical and that's when people go, oh gosh, she has it so wonderful. And it's like, well, I do, but I made it a habit, and you can too. Yeah, yeah, and guys, listen. There's a caveat to this in my in my personal experience, and you can chime in on this too, Evan. Is don't just do that one thing or that handful of things, and and expect something to happen. Uh, mm -hmm. There's a whole mindset in this whole bit right here, 
And when you expect it to happen, and then it does happen, and then what happens next is resentment on your part, and your wife doesn't even know what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, you don't want to get to that point. So um, you can chime in on that real quick if you want to, Evan. Oh, yeah. No, I, I think it goes back to you can look at any goal, dream, vision, whether it be music, whether it be art, for example. Like if you're doing of like, okay, I'm going to do this art because one day I'm going to be in this gallery and make $10 million. And then you start resenting your art because you're not making any money at it. It's like, if you're not doing it for the love of the art, then you're, you're, what's the point, you know? And, you know, whether it's music, you know, if, if you're not loving the music and just because you love the music or I'm just going to do this to get famous, it's not going to work. Um, and so for me, filling my bride's love tanks, yes, there are benefits, but I don't expect the benefits. I do it now. Now I've got to the point where, again, it's the, the joy is in the journey, Wally, and the journey is the joy. And I'll, I'll, I'll lay some big stuff on you that I normally do in some of our high-end seminars, but there's a thing called the peak-to-peak principle. And Robert Schuller, uh invented this way, way back then, but I've kind of modernized it. But so often people think like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to climb this peak and then everything's going to be great, right? But what, what you don't understand is you cannot – the air's too thin at, the, at the, the peak of the mountain. You can't stay at the peak of the mountain. It's not sustainable. You can arrive at the peak and enjoy the view for a little bit, but then guess what? You need to climb down and climb the next peak. And it, it's all about the journey. I still remember this when we'll go football for some of the football guys, but um, some of your listeners probably are very familiar with Deion Sanders, incredible mm-hmm. player, incredible talent. And Deion shared this with me. He goes, Ev, you know when the lowest point of my life was? I was like, when? He goes, when I won my first Super Bowl. I was like, what? He goes, man, my whole career, my whole life, everybody kept telling me, oh, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Oh, man, when you win the Super Bowl, da, da, da. He goes, I won the Super Bowl, and I got to the peak. It was like, this is it? It's just another football game. Because he was sold on like, well, if I get this external thing, everything's going to change. And then once he realized that, oh, my gosh, it's just a metal trophy. It's just the Super Bowl. When he realized, hey, I'm in this for the love of the game of football, and I'm going to apply myself. And, hey, if we win a Super Bowl, that's great. But I'm in it because I love the game. And, I, you know, and, you know, Dion, he's a showman. This is the oh, stage, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. He's in it. He's in it for the love and the show of the game. That, that's his thing. I mean, you, again, it's been 20 Played the game, and you still got guys doing touchdown dances imitating him. Um, <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. And so yeah, once absolutely. he realized, yeah, once he realized it wasn't about what is the Super Bowl trophy going to do for me, it's about the journey. You know, the joys in the journey, the joys in touchdown dances to the journey of trying to win that next Super Bowl. And so we, we, we you know, I don't have enough time to really dial into it here, but once people understand that, they go, oh, wow. So instead of doing something for, you know, expecting like, oh, I'm doing this just to get the result. You've already lost in that equation. But if you're doing yeah, if you're doing it just for the love of, you know what, I love my bride, I'm just going to do this. And you just do it and you don't expect anything and then when the blessings happen it's like, yes. Exactly. That's exactly why you and I got connected because man, that's what the whole abundance mindset is as far as I'm concerned and on my perspective because it, it, everybody, you know, I, I see Pete, these comments out there, and I bring this up quite often. It's like somebody made a comment that said, "Don't don't travel first class until you have ten million dollars in the bank." Well, damn, very few people are really ever going to have ten million dollars in the bank, and you're going to never have flown first class, which is an amazing experience, as far as I'm concerned. Maybe that's not your thing, but don't go on vacation. You shouldn't have a weekend. You know, don't do these things until you have X amount of dollars, or you have this car you have these things going on or you don't reach your dreams and it's like the point is is you you have to enjoy that journey along the way you can live an abundant life starting today it's a mindset shift and you don't have to have all those things and all that money in the bank in order to enjoy life absolutely so what are you reading what would you recommend our abundant leaders read or listen to and why? You've already brought up quite a few things, you know, those old Jim Rohn tapes, which I'd have to knock the dust off of if I, I wish <laughs> I still had those actually. But um, but what would you recommend? Yeah, it's funny. In the movie, you actually actually show, I still have it. I still have that first cassette, pirated cassette tape I've ever listened to. So in the movie, I show it. You know, it's like, here it is. Here's the tape. Um, but of course, other than my books, right? Yeah, uh, of course. So the I would really encourage people, you know, again, the five love languages. I mean, hands down, that is... 
that, that book will transform even if you're single, doesn't matter. Grab that book because it's relationships. I mean, you think about your highest highs in life, Wally, and your lowest lows were all about relationships. There were other people involved. So even if you're not married, get the five love languages, figure yourself out. Then you can start you know, expanding the relationships you have in your life. But another great one that I just met with him yesterday, and there's a whole story behind it. We're going to be making a documentary about him. The book is called Path to Greatness. Path to Greatness by Keith Hong, H-O-A-N-G. And this one, Wally, is as deep, as deep, as deep as you can go. It's called Path to Greatness. And I'll, I'll just share briefly about it. So uh, some of your uh, listeners are probably very familiar with the Tao Te Ching. That's kind of the Zen Buddhist Bible. It was written approximately 500 years before Christ. And it was written in Chinese. And multiple people have kind of done their translation. And what Keith did is he said, you know what? A lot of these principles I find in the Bible. And so what he did is kind of, did this, he's a Catholic, and he said, you know what, I'm going to translate this message, and I'm just going to reference the Bible verses in it. So it's kind of like a Christian version of the Tao Te Ching, but it is so deep, Wally, so deep, and it's one-page chapters, but you read this, and you're just like, whoa, you know, I gotta, and I'll just, I'll give one for you, just one tidbit, this is just one tidbit. It says, the wise man understands that the path is difficult. Therefore, he doesn't encounter any difficulties. Okay, now some people are like, well, what are you talking about? And, and, and a perfect example, you go, you fly commercial in the airport, or either first class or coach. If you're expecting your wonderful commercial travel to be, you know, unencumbered and to make all your connections, and everything's going to be smooth and everything's going to be on time, I mean, you're already in a lose-lose game. If you understand that, hey, this is what I get when I travel commercial. Hey, there's going to be long lines. Hey, my connecting flight's not going to make it. Hey, the rental car people are probably going to be sold out. You know, if you understand ahead of time that the path is difficult, you're not going to be one of these sullen, frustrated people in the commercial travel rate. You're going to be like, oh, oh okay. I, you know, I just, you know, my flight got canceled. Okay, well, let, let's go to plan B instead of, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm the victim mentality. And so understanding, like starting a business, hey, you already understand the path's going to be difficult. So when you encounter a bump in the road, you're not freaking out going, ah. So, yeah, he just, I mean, the whole book is chock full of stuff like that. No, I dig that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm all over it. I, I just kind of sit back and watch everybody else just freak out and lose their <laughs> cotton picking mind. And I'm yeah. like, come on, guys. We're not being shot at. I'm going to sleep in a dry bed tonight. I think we're going to be all right. Yep. Yep, yep. Oh, where's my luggage? Yeah, it's like, oh, Lord, okay. the luggage thing. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah, I can buy new underwear. There's a Walmart down the street, yep. man. Yep. It's all good. So that's all, I love it. I'm going to have all of that linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. And, and I love audiobooks, and I know many of you do because you're listening to this. Uh, so if you are not already on Audible, go to menofabundance.com. Click on the Audible link. You'll see it everywhere in the show notes and all that stuff. Get your free download and get one of these books that's on audio for free. So what do you feel holds most people back from living a life of true abundance, Evan? Mm, well, we've been talking about it the whole show. I mean, really, uh, it's it's the mindset. It's the, you know, the destination disease. I mean, really, un thinking that, okay, somehow, whether it's a person uh, you know, uh, an accomplishment like a Super Bowl or a promotion or start a business, whatever, somehow thinking that the outside is going to change the inside. Like, like we talked at the beginning of the show, you know, it's like, okay, well, if, if we just move, you know, if I, if I move cross country and get out of this environment, everything's going to be great. And it's like, well, you, it's, it's still you, you know, you still brought you with you, you know, well, if I could get a new, new job or start a new business, everything would be better. Well, it's still you. Um, but understand the outside, can't change the inside. So in order for things to change, you have to change. In order for things to grow, you have to grow. In order for things to get better, you have to get better. And I think that's what really, really holds people back is understanding that. And the, the second thing is permission. Permission was huge for me, Wally. And so I want to give all the listeners permission to say, look, you can be divergent. It's, you know, I'm giving you full permission. You can start that business or you cannot start that business and go, you know what? 
I don't have to start a business to be successful. I may just really love my job and I'm going to do it even better or I'm going to, you know, pursue a promotion. It's really dialing into, hey, what are these things that actually bring you joy and giving you permission to go totally all in on that and watching what happens? So mindset and permission, I think those hold people back. And then the question I have for your audience as far as abundance is, this is a big one. This, this has caused a lot of people to swerve off the road, a lot of people to crash the plane, a lot of people to really kind of kick in the gut moment. But I think your listeners are worth it. So here's the question. What if you had it all, but you didn't even know it? Mm. What mm. if you had it all and you didn't even know it? That's a tragedy. Yeah, di- so digest on that one for a while when, uh, and, and see what you come up with. Absolutely. So you've already pretty much laid it out. You're living in a you, – you have an amazing life. You have an amazing wife, amazing family. But what does living a life of abundance mean to you? Ah, so I, I don't know where I got this, but it's mine now. Uh, you know, the classic, you know, and and look at all these quotes and all the sayings and all the great stuff. And I still like to give credit to all the the, the quotes that I have uh, (laughs) stolen and used. Uh, But it really just comes back, what's interesting, to the book of Proverbs. I mean, all the stuff is there, you know, really kind of all goes way back. Um, Nothing new under the sun. Uh, But it really comes down to life of abundance to me means doing things that bring you joy that give others life and healing and gives God the glory. Mm-hmm. That, that's really as simple as it is. Doing the things that bring you joy, giving others life and healing, and gives God the glory. I love it. Absolutely love that one. Very, that, I just dig it. So, brother, we're going to close this up. Before we do, we talked about all kinds of stuff, man. We were all over the all over the board on this one. What would you like to ensure that our abundant leaders get from our conversation that we didn't already talk about? Yeah, I would. I'm going to go back to. Uh, we'll end it. You know, you mentioned Les Brown, so we'll we'll go the Les Brown road. So, uh, I, again, I do want to encourage. Just two quick things. I do want to encourage the folks that, again, when you, when you heard me talk about racing Porsches and swimming with dolphins and getting a hardcore plan to double your business, you know, those key high-level people that are listening to this show, we would really love to have you out to growthrivevive.com. And if that's not for you, you get it. You're, you're already like, huh, what's he talking about? But the other ones are like, oh, man, that sounds amazing. But the second thing, and we'll close with Les Brown, is our – you know, we talked about where I live in this amazing neighborhood, but I, I really want to talk about my house for a moment, Wally. And I want to talk actually the biggest room in my house. And that's the room for improvement mm. and understanding that, that it's that's where it is. The biggest room in your house is always the room for improvement. And so once you really understand that you know what, this lie of an arrival point of oh, I'm going to get here and take it easy or I'm going to go here and do this. The simple truth is you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're either growing personally or you're dying. Your marriage is getting better or it's getting worse. You know, you're either getting younger, you know, by exercising, working out, eating right, or you're growing older. There's no static point. There's no rest, you know. So the biggest room in your house has to be the room for improvement. And when you're on that road, growth equals happiness, like John Maxwell said. That's what it's all about. Love it. That is amazing. I've never heard that one before. I agree. And that is a great place to close it up. Guys, we are going to have all of those links, everything we talked about, books, links, everything linked up in the show notes at menofabundance.com. And uh, we are going to be moving this one around a little bit because of the time frame of the information that you shared, Evan. So I'm going to be posting this one much earlier than what it was supposed to originally post. So oh, wow. I appreciate can, that, Wally. Yeah, too easy, brother. Too easy. I don't do that for everybody. Um, but when there's a time frame and, and I really – the reason why I'm doing this, guys, is because um, these events are extremely important to get to. I have people con- you know, talk to me and I, I, I recommend they go to events and they're like, well, can I catch it online? Some of them you can and some of them you can catch the downloads and you can follow some of these same guys online, watch their YouTube videos and so on and so forth. But, man, I got to tell you, there is absolutely nothing like the energy of standing in a room full of like-minded people and rubbing shoulders, networking, connecting face-to-face. I mean, there's just nothing like it. There is absolutely nothing like it. You can get a little bit of information here and there, 
but the energy is just felt and you get so much more than just the uh, the the motivation that fades away after a couple days, maybe a week, if you hold on to it. But those connections are the ones that you are able to get back in contact with and continue keeping each other going. And and you're just going to make connections for your business, for your personal life, your relationships. Can't say enough about it. So that's why I'm going to back this up and make sure that guys have enough time to um, plan and get to that event. Sweet. Appreciate it greatly, Wally. Thanks. Too easy. All right, we are done. I am out. I'm gonna. I uh, got some other stuff to run off and do today. What do you got for the rest of the day? Woo! We got uh, my beautiful daughter picking up from ballet, and then we like to try to stay as unbusy as possible. But this morning was filled with playing Clue with both my kids while my yeah. while my bride slept in. I love so get daughter from ballet, and then as soon as the kids go to bed, then the excitement starts. So it's going to be an exciting Saturday night for me. Hopefully for you too, Wally. Awesome, brother. Aloha. Hey, love it. Aloha, Noi. Thanks so much. All right, guys. There you have it. Another amazing conversation and an amazing offer for you guys to go hang out with Evan and Dave at their Grow, Thrive, Revive Summit. If you want to get more information about this, I strongly encourage you to go to menofabundance.com forward slash 140 and click on the link at the bottom of the show notes or go directly to growthriverevive.com. Check out the page and when you do register, tell them that Wally sent you. No, seriously, they're going to ask you who referred you. Just type Wally Carmichael in there so that they know that you heard about Grow, Thrive, Revive from Men of Abundance. And of course, if you're digging this show, you're really going to enjoy our Men of Abundance community. If you want access to our men-only Men of Abundance community, just go to menofabundance.com forward slash members or click on the members only tab at the top of any one of the pages at menofabundance.com. Read through there, scroll down to the bottom and click on the button that says join the community and I will give you access. Now, go out and live your life of abundance and make sure to pay it forward. That's all for today, Abundance Leaders. For more about our guests and the powerful information we shared with you today, be sure to sign up for our mailing list at menofabundance.com. We appreciate your time and look forward to hanging out with you on our next episode. So until then, be sure to pay it forward and live your life of abundance.